0: What's going on guys? Back with another one. Uh, We missed last week. Um, Literally wrote these podcast notes down about a week ago and every time I went to sit down and do one, something came up. It's been manic. It's been non-stop. Um, Hopefully you're all doing well. Uh, I feel like we are in Mexico or something with a seat right now. It's unbelievable. It's clammy. Hopefully you're doing good. Just a quick tip before we go into things. You'll be losing more water through your sweat at the moment, so make sure you're drinking more to compensate for this extra heat. Um, the last thing you want to do is feel dehydrated to feel any worse. So make sure you're drinking plenty in this current weather. But we'll enjoy it whilst it's here, won't we? Um, so I didn't necessarily have a topic for today in the sense of a specific one, I more just have a bunch of small topics within a broader topic as you'll have seen by the title and that is just nutrition and to be fair there's probably a good handful of things I could break into separate podcasts here but I just wanted to touch base on a whole variety of things so that you can leave this podcast um, with a wealth of knowledge and understanding as to how things work, what's important versus what's not. Um, so I've got a bunch of notes for me today. We're going to go over things and we're going to bring it from there. So I suppose the first thing we need to ask ourselves is how many calories should I be on? What's my macros? And we need to look at that first of all and think, okay, right, do you actually need macros? So like, do you need to know what fats and carbohydrates you need to hit in a day? Is that important? And that's going to come down to the goal. If you just want to lose some weight and you just want to look a little bit better, probably not. If you're workout performance focused, you want to build muscle, you want to get incredibly lean, then yeah, you probably will need it. Uh, it, You could argue a case for either or. What's going to be the most important one will be your protein consumption, as that's the one that will make the difference. So we'd have our set caloric goal. How you figure that out? um, You do get formulas and stuff on calorie calculators, and PTs will try and buy you in. use my calorie calculator. To be honest, I think it's a lot of shite. Um... I think that it's far too um generic there's too many discrepancies and it's just not something that works really well from my personal anecdotal experience. So I mean I've got my own little calculation I use um it's just it's a range and I can kind of just go intuitively from there. When you've done this for as long as I have you can kind of get an idea as to what'll work versus what won't. Uh but what you could look at is your body weight in pounds times it by roughly 10 and that will give you a good place to start. You can do a couple of weeks on that, and you can decide from there if you need to adjust it or not based off of the response you get in terms of how it changes towards your goal. Now, how you would figure out your protein, again, this will be person dependent, again, it depends what the goal is, but you're gonna to want to try and make sure that the amount of protein you have, again, I would I would generally go about body weight in pounds, um, or a couple couple of grams per kilogram of body weight it just depends you can go anywhere from I would normally work in pounds to be honest anywhere from 0.8 to like 1.2 would be a nice way to go Uh, if you did want to calculate macros I like somewhere in the range of 0.3 to 0.4 times by your body weight in pounds and that can give you a nice area then you make up carbohydrates from the rest of it it really is that simple uh, but again ask yourself do I need that do I need to add the stress of trying to actually figure out what my carbs and fats are do I really need to concern myself if I'm 3 grams over on carbs and 10 grams under on fat think about the stress response of the body that we spoke about in previous episodes think about is it needed probably not um, so there is that I just want to touch base with that uh, but again ask yourself what the goal is the more experienced you are the more you may need to move into that whereas if you're more of a beginner you would be fine working with protein and calories initially uh, a lot of people they can struggle that protein initially they've, they've never been used to that whereas if we look at protein how important it is it is an essential macronutrient our bodies cannot function without it so it's gonna its, it's main function is growth and repair you're in the gym you're breaking down your body. You're not actually building muscle, you're not building strength or anything like that in the gym or your daily movements, you're breaking the body down. You're going to let it recover through a good night's sleep and protein through your nutrition. So trying to get that protein in um, is going to be super important. It's got a couple of added bonuses as well. It's a very satiating food. That means that straight away, you're going to feel a lot fuller for it and potentially um, across a given period of time, consistently you'll be eating less than you have been you'll feel like you're eating more and it's really quite handy on that front. Uh, It's also got a thermic effect so you might have heard of the thermic effect of food before that essentially means that it requires some calories to digest it you actually burn some calories to digest it not to the point where it's groundbreaking it's not gonna you're not just gonna lose weight on eating tons and tons and tons of protein but um, it does have that thermic effect so first of all that's the main thing I want to sort of break down today would be the case of don't sweat the small stuff with carbs and the fats if you're fueled by workout performance muscle gain strength then potentially yeah if you just want to lose weight look a little bit better probably don't need to worry about it sweating the small stuff is not what you need to do I kind of want to talk about some calorie structures and there's many different ways that we can break down your caloric goals across the week and again it'll come down to you as an individual and it'll come down to your lifestyle, your wants, your needs, your goals. Uh, I've worked with many different structures over the years. Um, so you've always said if you don't want to confuse things, you've just got your seven-day flat rate. So say you got 2,000 calories a day. You just literally have 2,000 a day. If you want to bank it up for the weekend, take some away. Um, and allow some to come up. You could also have weekday versus weekend calories. So let's say, again, you want to work with 2,000 calories. Perhaps you... Go seventeen, eighteen hundred 1,800 during the week. Then you can go, say, 23 2,400 at the weekend just to allow for a higher influx. Perhaps you like to go out. Perhaps you're a bit more social and you like to eat a bit more, drink a bit more. Perhaps um, you're just bored and you just you are prone to eating bigger portions at the weekend, and that's cool. That things can be worked around. Um, one thing we need to concentrate on when it comes to our progression, whatever the goal is, is not sweating the small stuff. Looking at the big picture. Weekly is gonna be far more important than daily. You've got seven days in a week. One good day or one bad day will not make or break your progress. If you've got things on, you can take it away from the rest of the week. If you don't fit in the exercise you'd planned today, fit it in another day. Use your seven days of the week. But one thing I would recommend is not carrying one week into the next week. So, The idea here is, let's say, for example, you've let's say, for example, you've banked up calories for the weekend, but you've ripped the arse out of it. Shock! Who hasn't done that? (laughs) Um, And then you're left feeling a bit guilty, a bit shit on the Sunday, and you're uh, loads of calories over. The last thing we want to do is create a negative relationship with exercise or food, where we need to go into the new week and really drastically reduce things, uh, unless it's obviously backward planning in that you have the occasion and then take away a few days. But if you've already a plan for it and you take the art and you take the piss with it, just go back to game plan, go back to normal. That's the best thing I could recommend. Um, we do not want to get in this idea of oh it's okay, I'll, I'll just mega restrict my calories next week and I'll make up for it. Like plan some. Bank some, but do not r- restrict off the back of living your life. Um, other ways we can look at uh, calorie structures. Again, I've done it similar process. I've done six high days, six low days, one high day. You've got five, two, which is the same principle, but it could be any days of the week. Perhaps you work a Monday and a Thursday and you want to have those two high days because you're sat at a desk or something. I don't know. That's just some examples. Uh, another one would be training days, non-training days. Now if you think about it like this, this is more for those that would be a bit more work, uh, a bit more focused on performance, strength, muscle gain. You think about your energy demands each day and look at it from a day where you don't work out, resistance-based workout, versus a day where you do. Your energy demands are gonna be a lot higher on the days when you work out. You're gonna want to feel that performance, you're gonna want to feel the recovery process. So theoretically, it would make sense to run higher calories on those days to utilize that extra food and run it lower on a non training day when you don't need it as much. Uh, we can look at things like that. Let's just t- take that training day, non training day um, theory here and say we look at it like this. You've got energy sources through carbs and fats. And if you're doing training day, non training day, the chances are you'll have macros to follow. So, looking at carbohydrates you can break it down to two kinds of, you can bring them down to the glycemic index higher glycemic index or lower high gi low gi um, the higher the, on the glycemic index the more simple sugars are involved the faster that energy will release the lower the glycemic index the carbohydrate source the slower it's going to release so looking around your workout you're going to want to have some of that faster higher gi carbs to utilize it so it's readily available from the body um, if it's further away in the day or perhaps you're working out at night and you need the energy to sustain yourself throughout the day but you're putting a lot of your carbohydrates around the workout window it would be worth having lower GI carbs and then we take fats into consideration as well fats are a slow release in energy source so it would make me sense maybe on days where we don't need that much energy on non-training days that we have more fats and less carbohydrates because fats will keep us more sustained across the day from a hunger perspective it'll give us that slower release of energy versus carbohydrates that go right through us um so i always tend to if i'm doing training day non-training days have carbs a lot higher on a training day and then lower on a non-training day with fats a decent bit higher depends on the individual depends on what they like um but it's always a good idea if you're looking at your carbohydrates and fats across the day have more carbohydrates around about the workout window and have your fats further away if that makes sense readily available for performance and recovery versus sustain your energy throughout the day having a little bit of fats pre-workout meal would probably help as well just to slow down that absorption of carbohydrates Um, that sort of theory of most of your carbohydrates around the workout window is something called peri-workout nutrition, where it literally means take the vast majority of your carbs, have a lot of it before, during and after. I am not necessarily a big fan of during. As much as I see the benefits, it's just something that unless I'm really struggling to hit my calories, it's not something I'd overly concern myself with. Um, But if you were perhaps working out first thing in the morning um, and you needed some food, but you don't really feel good eating, then perhaps you could get yourself some, some, some cyclic dextrin or something. That could be a shout there. Um, and that can bring us on nicely and to shake some supplements. This is flowing quite nicely considering it's just bullet points. So when it comes to supplements, then that is just that. It's the supplement to a good diet. And I've actually had a question on my Instagram from my daily questions. Like, what's useful supplements versus what's not? And if you have a well-balanced diet, you need very, very, very little. Like, you don't need any of these BCAs. If you're muscle building, you could argue you want some EAAs. I'm not going to break that down today. Um, creatine might go well, but when you see other things, like you don't need all these extra things that are all hype. It's all marketing hype for you to pay these companies to make money. Protein shakes, protein bars, protein yogurts can work really well, especially if you consider that you might struggle to hit your protein content It can also be particularly useful around about the workout window. The idea is that you're going to want easily digestible foods and protein shakes. The majority of us, assuming we don't have any digestive issues with it, should digest quite easily. So I normally tend to have a protein shake pre-workout and maybe post, um, but it just depends. But pre-workout it can go down really well. Uh, and any other supplements. Like you could, yes, a multivitamin and omega-3 fish oil. These kind of things could go quite well. You could get a vitamin B or a D complex or something. I, I like vitamin C. Um, but if you have a well-balanced diet, and include lots of colorful fruit and veg, get all those different vitamins and minerals, you're probably going to be okay. So I don't want you to stress out too much about spending half your wage on the latest supplements, I'm falling for the hype, particularly when you get influencers or fit people selling their lines Eddie Hall springs to mind. You can't watch a YouTube video without him punting something. Um, But that can bring us on to fruit and veg. And this is definitely an underrated component and it's something that many people skip. Um, If, when I take somebody on as a client, I send them a questionnaire and the amount of times I get in the answer, what foods do you not like? I'm not keen on vegetables. I don't really like fruit. And it's fair because I don't care for vegetables either. But we've got to look at Health, health is wealth, Um, and if you're not taking any vitamins, if you're not accounting for that, these fruit and vegetables can give you a lot of minerals, a lot of vitamins to keep you healthy, to keep you functioning as an adult healthy human being. Uh, The more colors you get in there, the more variety you're going to get. Um, Vegetables, of course, have that satiating effect as well, same as protein, whereas you can put a ton of vegetables on your plate for very little return from a caloric standpoint, particularly useful if you're on a low calorie diet, um, or if you're dieting on low calories, should I say, Um, handy to have it anyway, but I will admit, I'll be the first to admit, I neglect vegetables when I don't need them. Um, It's just too filling for me, and I can't really afford to do that, but I do keep on top of my fruit. Um, It's something that I've implemented a lot lately. I was beginning to see my food quality drop, um, just due to being unorganized, um, a little bit of stress, and a sweet spot, and sweet tooth was hitting and I was like I need to sort this so I've sort of implemented this for the last maybe three or four weeks now um where I have a piece of fruit with every single meal uh, or a serving of fruit and it's worked really really nicely um for me uh it's bananas it's grapes it's watermelon orange just those kind of things uh, I like apples and pears and stuff but that's maybe my go-to ones I'm not a big fan of berries but again that's all other good examples like if you have oats like Frozen berries can go in really nicely, or, or normal berries. Frozen berries are just cheaper. Um, but that can work really nicely. Combine these fruits with your food for more colour, more texture, more taste, more vitamins, which rem- not eliminates, but greatly reduces the need to waste your money on supplements, um, which is always good. Um, and then we want to maybe just go on and look at next the idea of snacks and cravings and that's going to combine with a rule of thumb. If, you coached, if you're coached by me then there's a high likelihood that I have mentioned the eighty-twenty 20 rule to you and that is to do with your food quality. It's to do with consistency as well but food quality is everything. You are a product of what you digest and absorb. The better quality food you eat the better you're going to feel. If that quality is not in place for the majority of the day, you will feel shit. You will not perform well, you will not lose weight the way you want to, and you're generally not going to be in the best of mood or energy. Sort your food quality out, first and foremost. Food quality being single food ingredients, nutritious, whole, non-processed, for 80% of your day. Because at the end of the day, food is there to enjoy. There's a reason that there's so many sweets and biscuits and cakes. Like, people enjoy it. And it would be wrong of me as a coach to try and tell you not to eat any of these which we'll go into in a minute so if we take 80% of the food quality across the day and week as good then that last 20% can be for you to have these things that you enjoy that you crave that you want to snack on the reason being is that if you try and have this idea where you're going to be like right I am eating everything to the t how many times have you done this where maybe it's a new year health kick or you've ripped the piss over a week's holiday like no I'm going on a health kick I'm dumping all the shit in my house I'm just going 100% clean and how many times have you tried that (laughs) Um, because you've eliminated all these foods you've removed the enjoyment factor from your nutrition if the enjoyment factor is not there you will not sustain it Um, and that's why it's important to address things like cravings like give yourself permission to eat it food is energy without it you're not going to function Um, so I always say if somebody's craving something rather than try and resist that urge which will just build up a tolerance and will result in an episode of overeating the said craved food allow yourself to eat it include it into your daily calories understand the 80 20 concept and it'll mentally put you in a much better place from an adherence standpoint you're also going to do a lot better as well include the foods you enjoy make it a small part of your day but don't shy away from it do not say to yourself i'm not allowed this food i can't have this i can't have that there's no bad foods, um, and I know that you'll you'll see all these coaches on Instagram. Um, it seems to be a marketing thing where they're like, "Oh, I did this, and there was no restriction. I didn't tell them not to eat foods." That should be the norm. That should be the get. That shouldn't even need said, but it does because people still act like that. Like it does not make you a good coach if you're not restricting somebody. Like because that is the standard. Like you should not have to unless you're in the business end of a diet or the your bowels deep and a prep, you do not need to restrict the food that you're having. It's as simple as that. And until you can accept that and embrace that, you're not going to get very far. Um, I have more than once said to clients, before we can even think about losing weight, we need to improve your relationship with food. Um, And that's most important because if your relationship with food is not there, if you do not have a sound understanding and concept of calories in, calories out, of understanding how the body works, then you're not going to get very far. So hopefully that can help um, straight away just based off of that. And going back to that no bad foods topic, the only thing that you should overly avoid is trigger foods, foods that cause some form of flare-up or inflammation, something that makes you feel a bit shit after. Um, lactose intolerance springs to mind. Um, what else? can Gluten. Um, gluten's actually a common one, which can cause a flare-up. If you know that it causes you to feel shit, then don't eat it. Like, I know I know some people just will eat it. Um, like, some people just cannot avoid a bit of cheese. And I don't blame you. I'm not lactose intolerant, but I don't know if I'd be able to resist if I was. Um, but, yeah, no bad foods. If you know you're prone to overeating a food and you cannot uh, manage portion control, then perhaps it is best to avoid that as well. Um, people always go back to bread. I'm cutting out bread. I'm cutting out bread. What's the issue with bread? If you're not overeating it, then have it. But if you're eating a, a loaf a day, then, yeah, potentially get rid of it. So that kind of thing. Um... And that will again swing us nicely into food fear versus fuel. People are scared to eat. They're scared to eat foods that are deemed as bad by society. They're scared to eat more calories. I really, really, really love when I can tell people, particularly women, um, because again society has taught them they can't eat and they need to look a certain way and there's food fear um it's always really refreshing when i can tell them that i want to increase their calories without having to have like a sort of 10 minute discussion as to why um and you know what you know if you need that discussion that's fine but once you have it the first time you're good um food is fuel food is energy we need energy um, we're not going to get it from anywhere else. Yeah, we'll get some sunlight and stuff, but if you're not giving your body what it needs, then you're not going to thrive. You're not going to perform well. You're not going to function well. You're not going to do your job. You're not going to have good relationships. You need food. Um, and it's all too common that when somebody starts with me, um, they're eating very, very, very low calories. Uh, I had a guy that was came recently. He was on 1,500 calories. I've had women who were barely eating 1,000 calories. So, a sigh, because... It's a shame that people are like this in the sense that this is what they this is what they know. This is what social media teaches us. This is what people tell us. We need to be eating such low food. But what people don't understand when they turn around and say, I don't understand why I can't lose weight, I don't eat a lot of calories, is that they're yo-yoing day to day, week to week without realising. So yeah, you might have a good few days, but whether it's planned, i.e. weekends or unplanned, binges, episodes of overeating, grazing, you're over consuming without realizing. So if you can revert that food fear and think about it as I can use fuel to my advantage, I can feel good, I can function well, I can perform good, I'm going to have a better relationship with others, it'll mentally put you in a much better spot. If you bring up those calories day to day and you function better, the chances are you're not going to tend to overeat because you'll be more stable across the day. Rather than dipping into your energy reserves, you're driving yourself into the ground, you're burning out, you're overeating to compensate, bringing your calories up will give you more energy to move, to function and you're going to feel a lot better as well. Um, so, trying to remove that stigma of eating more will cause you to gain weight will not happen because if you're on low calories and you think like that, you're eating more than what you realise. You're just not aware of it. Um, So if you were to track every single thing you ate across a two-week period and you tell me you're on 1,200 calories, I can almost guarantee you're not. Um, Not consistently, anyway. So being able to increase that would really, really help. Um, Which brings me into my next bullet point of extremities. They're not needed. You do not need to be on low calories like that. Um, I think most women would benefit from being up near the 2,000 calorie mark, and it's un- it's unheard of for the most part. Uh, I think guys, 2.5 at the very least, and um, you could build up a lot higher than that. But, these low, low calories where guys are below 2,000 and girls are below, eh, to be honest, below 1,500, um, it, it's not good. But, I always have to start with somebody where they're at. And if they're at low calories, then we'll slowly build them up and increases their trust. It builds trust. It just builds trust in the process and me as a coach and food. Um, and these things happen slowly. So don't think that you're just going to jump up calories overnight and expect to be okay. Do it slowly. Um, the biggest thing you can do for yourself is give yourself that buzzword. That is consistency. Consistency will trump any change. Um, if you think about it like this if you can't execute the plan you're on right now and you're like oh I should just cut my calories ask yourself what is that going to achieve so let's take an individual they're on let's take a guy he's on 1800 calories a day and he can't stick to it he keeps over, overeating and he's like oh this is shit I'm pissed off I'm just going to cut my calories and that'll make me better <laughs> no it won't um, you're, the idea is to get very fucking good at executing and uh, applying the plan that you're on once you've rinsed that and you've repeated that day in, week out, month out, um, I know that doesn't make sense, but go with it. Just, you know what I mean, rinse and repeat that plan. Get fucking accurate at it. Then you might be in a position to make changes. But until you can stick to a set number, set targets, there's never going to be a need for you to make changes. And the chances are that unless you're incredibly lean... You don't even need to make these changes anyway. Sometimes they are required, particularly when they're going to go on a timeline. So don't ever think don't think if you listen to me as like, oh, he's changed my calories before. <laughs> don't think that it's not there's not a time and place for it. There is. But until you're getting very good at the plan, if you're just if you're just on time, if, it doesn't matter if it's next week, next month, next year you look good for, there's not a rush to change it. So don't worry about that. Get very good at executing the plan you're on and that consistency will take you far, far, far further than what you could possibly imagine. Um, obviously, you've probably heard of things like your body might just adjust and adapt to that. And to some degree, that is true. But if you're yo-yoing up and down, it's not adapting to nothing. Um, that's why you get consistent because at some point it maybe would adapt. Um and that is a lot of rambles, a lot of rants for one day. One thing I do want to just quickly touch on is just one little last bit, um, which should be hydration and food volume. When it comes to your food choices, you've got to look at it like this. What fills you up versus what doesn't? If your calories are limited for one reason or another, you're gonna to want to fill up on calories that actually fill you up. Um take 30 grams of cereal versus 30 grams of porridge, one's gonna fill you up a lot more. Um and you need to be smart with your choices when it comes to lower calories to allow you to sustain this um think satiating effect high protein high high volume foods vegetables again it all comes back to that. I just try like to be very aware and go away and think of the back of this. Am I eating foods that fill me up to my caloric goal? Um, like if you struggle to hit your calories it's not as important obviously you don't want quality to dip but volumizing foods isn't as important Um, but hydration can come into that as well Um, i give everybody a water goal when they join with me Um, some people don't need it because they hit tons of water anyway but others do it's going to help keep you obviously hydrated and all the skin and physical benefits that come with that but it's going to help keep you full as well when you feel more full you're less likely to overeat Um, you're going to perform better you're going to sleep better and you're going to adhere to the plan better as well just for giving your body what it needs. So if there is one thing that I want you to take away today, it is give your body what it needs. It needs food, it needs vitamins, it needs minerals. Um, do not shy away from what social media will tell you or from what some clueless influencer will tell you selling some stupid product. Um I, I don't like to rant too much about that. Um But yeah, that is a whole ton of little rants and rambles into one podcast um i hope you enjoy this i hope there's a ton you could take away um if you did enjoy it a share in the story always goes a long way exposure for myself and would be mega appreciated any feedback or questions please do not ever hesitate to message me um instagram is where you can find me and yeah we'll catch up again soon i have a whole bunch of guests lined up soon um so there'll be more than just me for 30 minutes so gonna leave it there guys have a great day and we'll catch up again soon